Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Isaiah 40 verse 1 says this, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended or a difficulty is ended. Her hardship is over, says the Lord. That her iniquity is pardoned, that she is received from the Lord's hand. Double for all her sins. Verse 3, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill will be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh, everybody say all flesh, shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He's on the way. That's the message title this morning. He's on the way. Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, he's on the way. He's on the way. And turn to the person on the other side and say, he's on the way. He's on the way. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it always speaks life into us. Thank you that it helps us, it shapes us, it molds us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here right now leading us into all truth. You're showing us, you're illuminating the scriptures for us. You're ministering to our hearts. You're helping us become who we're called to be, God. We thank you for that, Lord. We pray for colonial kids right now as they're experiencing church as well. Thank you, Lord. That's not just a nursery they go to, but it's literally you are building into their lives, God, and you're doing something significant in their hearts and their minds, their spirits in Jesus' name. We all said together, Amen. amen. I love this time of year because of something that's just so significant that we can't miss it. And what am I talking about? Well, Isaiah talks about it right here. This is where we see the promise. This is where we see the declaration by God, the mouth of the Lord speaking. But what we're celebrating this year is something absolutely incredible. And what I'm talking about is the incarnation. Literally the moment where God comes to earth, takes on the form, the likeness of humanity and becomes the Son of God here on earth that we know as Jesus Christ. It's a miracle. It is an amazing thing for a believer at this time of year to stop in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of, um, you know, making it all happen and the, the, the holidays and the parties and all that sort of stuff, just to take a moment and behold all over again what a miracle the incarnation is. How powerful it is what God has done for a believer to stop and say, wow, this is incredible. This is amazing. And this is what we see right here in Isaiah 50, the fulfilling, what we know is Jesus being born, what we know is Christmas time is the fulfillment of the scriptures in Isaiah, the fulfillment of the prophecy that God spoke through Isaiah and he preached the message to God's people. He said, comfort, comfort my people. The time has come. 
They're not going to be distanced anymore. They're not going to be in peril anymore. I'm on the way. He's on the way. So I wanted to show us just a few verses. I could show you much more than this, but a couple of verses about the incarnation, which I think are significant. The first is Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. And it says, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. There it is, the incarnation, God coming to earth. And the Lord will give him to him the throne of his father David, and he, he will reign over the house of Jacob. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be? Since I am a virgin, the angels answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the incarnation, the Son of God. John chapter 1 and verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory Glory as, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then let me show you two verses from Paul's letters, Philippians 2 and verse 6. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And then 1 Timothy 3.16, Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness, he was manifested in the flesh. There it is, the incarnation. God dwelling in a person, coming to earth, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in on the world and taken up to glory. God incarnate. God coming to earth. The God who created the heavens. Colossians talks about before it, like Jesus holds everything in himself. And he comes to earth in the likeness of a servant, in a child, being born into the world. What to, why? To save the world. It's a miracle. It's the true miracle that we celebrate at Christmas. I think it's fantastic for us to be downtown and to be singing tonight, be worshiping and spending time in community, meeting people. And, but, you know, we're not just down there singing songs. We're down there proclaiming a miracle. There was a time where God, through His Word, through the prophet Isaiah, and He preached it, He said, God is on the way. He's coming. He's going to show up for His people. There's no longer going to be distance anymore. He's on the way. So two things I wanted to give us this morning that were true when Isaiah preached this message, but also I believe are true for us today. They're true and they're continuous. I believe they're true today and they're continuing today. The first is this. Number one, he's coming for the world. He's on the way and he's coming for the world. It was true when Isaiah preached it and it's true today. Can I get an amen? He's coming for the world. He's coming. He's going to show up and he's showing up for the world. He came for the world. He didn't come for material things. See, when the Bible talks about the world, it doesn't talk about the, the things that we've created in the world like material possessions. That's not what it means. When the Bible talks about the world, it means people. It means you. It means me. It means your neighbor. It means your co-worker. It means your, your kids. When it says that he's coming for the world, when God said, I'm going to come for the world, he's coming for people. Why? Because God loves people. Do you know that? That God loves people. He doesn't love sin. 
He loves people. He doesn't love the train wreck that the world has caused this world to be through, through sin and the grip of sin and the devastation that comes through sin. But make no mistake, he loves the world. He loves people. 1 John 4 verse 19 is one example. It says, we love because he first loved us. Nothing can stop the coming of the Lord into the world. Nothing can stop the coming of the Lord into the world. That's why it says, that's why was, it's very clear that it's in there in Isaiah 40. It says, because the, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Can I just encourage you, if God wills it, it will come to pass. If God says it, it's going to happen. If God has promised it, it will be fulfilled. God doesn't work in half measures. He is complete in every single way. We serve a God when He says it, it's going to happen. If God has spoken something over your life, can I just encourage you, hold on because it will come to pass. He's coming into your world. He's on His way. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 8, this is when John the Baptist was receiving people and he was doing his work, out, outworking his ministry. It says this, this in verse 8, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. What was he saying there? He's like, don't try to claim this, this pedigree that you think you have or this um, religious covering that you think you have that is fake anyway. The truth is this. God said he's coming for the world. He's coming for people. Don't hide behind something that isn't real. God is real and he's coming for the world. You just get this sense in Scripture all the way through that God is on the way. He's coming for the world. He's coming into your world. He's coming into my world. And then I love that in the Old Testament prophecies, we actually see the detail. We see the plan. We see the detail. We see the plan being outworked and how it would happen. You know, in our Bibles, from the book of Malachi, which is the last book in the Old Testament, to the very first book of the New Testament, which is the Gospel of Matthew, right in between those two is 400 years, roughly 400 years 400 years of no prophetic record, 400 years of God not speaking prophetically to His people. Um, New Testament believers, we know this is the silent years. But here's the truth today is God had a plan all along. God knows what He's doing and it might seem at times like God is silent and there might be some silent seasons for you. But can I just encourage you that God has a plan. He's outworking His plan. He knows what He's doing. He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't stopped outworking His plan just because you may have done something different. Can I just encourage you, he's coming into the world and he's coming for you. There was no pro prophetic record. It was quiet, but God was still working. God had a plan. He declared it through Isaiah and he was outworking his plan. But how did they know? How would they have known at that time during those years? How would they have known? Well, the answer was always in the word. You know, the, the answer is always in our Bibles. Just FYI. You're looking for an answer? It's right here in your, in, in your Bibles. But it was right there. It was in the Word. God had already done it, and He's going to do the same thing He always did. I'd love it if you could write this down. The wilderness season always precedes the deliverance of God. The wilderness season always comes before the deliverance of God. And this is what was going to happen. This is what Isaiah prophesied. This is what had to be had to happen. Wilderness season comes before rescue. You can't be found if you're not lost. 
Before closeness comes, listen to me, distance has to exist. Are you with me? Before proximity can be experienced with the Lord, separation had to be present. This is what I love about our faith. This is what I love about salvation. Is for me to be found, I first have to be lost. For me to come into relationship with God, I then I first have to be out of relationship with God. This is how God works. This is the pattern for his salvation story for you and for me. That's why it says in verse 3, look at it again, a voice cries and this is important to see in the wilderness. In the wilderness, sometimes we think, oh, John the Baptist proclaiming his ministry. He was just like kind of a wild dude. You know, like just like, I want to be like that guy. I want to be rugged and in the wild. And sometimes we can be like, oh, the voice cried from the wilderness. No, that's not what it says. That's not what the text says. Look at it again. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way. It was a fulfillment of the Scripture. It was, John's ministry was a fulfillment of the Scripture. And this is why. It's in the, the wilderness was symbolism of the Exodus and the miracle working power of God. Because if God doesn't do a miracle like He did for the people of God coming out of Egypt, then we wouldn't need God. It's a miraculous working of His power. It's in the wilderness that the miracle working power and nature of God is revealed for everyone, all flesh to see. It needed to happen. And that's how they knew. That's how it began. That's how you could see from Malachi to Matthew that the beginning of John the Baptist's ministry was the forerunner, was the sign, was the beginning of the fulfillment of the Scriptures that God was on the way. He's coming for the world. Here He comes. He's on His way. The wilderness was symbolism and still is. Even John's ministry, John the Baptist, it was prophetic symbolism. He used the literal wilderness for his very work. It says in Matthew 3 and verse 1, speaking of John the Baptist, it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what does the wilderness represent? It represents what God's about to do. And you might be in here today and you're like, man, I feel like I'm in a wilderness season right now. This is awesome. God's about to show up. You might be in here today and you're like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm lost right now. I feel like I'm in a lost season. Can I just encourage you? You've got to be first lost and then found. God is going to show up in your life. He's coming for your world. He's about to do something amazing for you. He's coming for the world. But this is how our God works. This is the way that He works. And not only that, big picture, wilderness comes before the answer. But not only that, He gives us the detail of what the answer would look like. And it comes here in Isaiah 40. He says, Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low, and the uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. What valleys could God lift up in your life? What valleys, what do you see as a valley in your life? I wonder if God could lift that up. To me, that rep represents freedom from sin. See, once you and I, we were in a valley of sin that we couldn't get ourselves out of. That we were, too, we were too low in that pit. We were too low in that valley to be able to reach up. And no amount of works could get us to the top. No amount of doing anything could, could mean we could find ourselves in right relationship with God without Jesus. 
See, that's the beauty of the valley is it's an understanding. Man, I can't do this on my own. I can't get to where I need to go. I need God. And thank God He's coming for the world. What valleys could God lift up in your life? What lofty heights of distance exist between you and God? That through Jesus, through the miracle power of Jesus coming for the world could be that distance could be closed. What one uneven ground could become level. At my house, there's like a little section off to the side of our property that's like we've had some clearing and it's just sort of haven't finished working on it right now. It's just completely uneven. It just drops off. And every time I walk past it, I'm just frustrated. Walk the dog and I nearly like roll in my ankle. It's just uneven ground. It's just annoying. It just gets in the way. It's like it's I just think about this in the spiritual realm. There are just some things that without Jesus were never going to be even, that were never going to be leveled, that we were never going to experience a certain type of grace if it wasn't for Jesus coming for the world. If it wasn't for Jesus saying, I'm, I will go to the cross, I will be obedient until the point of death. He's coming for the world to make the uneven ground become level for you and for me. To me, the uneven ground of our lives represents our hearts. See, I think pre-Jesus, I had a rocky and uneven heart. (laughs) Untrustworthy, rocky place was the heart of my life. But that was before I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus, what happened? I got a brand new heart. The Holy Spirit came and started to take up residence in my life. I got a revelation of grace and how much of a sinner I was. But it was only because of Jesus and access to this grace and a brand new life that I have. But this is what God does. He comes. He comes for the world to to level out the uneven ground. See, the truth is this morning, it's dawned on me this morning just before our 8 a.m. service. I felt like the Lord said to me, He said, I'm still coming for the world. I, I, I said I would come for the world and that's what we read in Isaiah 40. And then because of where we find ourselves in the timeline on this side of the cross, on this side of the resurrection, on this side of the promise of the Holy Spirit being permanent in our lives, we get to understand that not only did God say He was coming and then He did come, He's still coming. He's coming for the people in your neighbourhood. He's coming for the people in your office building. He's coming for the people in all of your schools. He's coming for the people everywhere we look that the people don't know Jesus, haven't encountered His grace yet. He's still coming for the world to this day. And then I think about carols tonight. He's still coming for the world. Let me say it a different way. He's still making His way through the world. Through you and through me, God is still making His way into the world. So number one, He's coming for the world. Number two, He's coming for me. He's coming for me. I want to, I want to put up Hosea chapter 2. If you could put it up on the, on the screen behind me. It's what it says. It's what the Lord says. It says, and now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start all over again. I'm taking her back into the wilderness. There it is again, that picture of the wilderness preceding the grace, preceding coming before the answer, becoming before the miracle. He said, where we had our first date and I'll court her. I'll give her bouquets of roses. I'll turn heartbreak valley into acres of hope. She'll respond like she did as a young girl in those days when she was fresh out of Egypt. Here's the truth this morning. 
is the gospel is not a gospel that's just for the world. It is for the world. It is for people. It is for humanity. But friend, listen to me this morning. It's for you. It's for me. And you might be in here today and your life might have looked like a bit of a rocky road. That there might have been winds and turns and bends and mistakes and failures and stuff that has just sometimes seemed like it ruled you. But can I just encourage you with something that might give you a whole lot of hope this morning, acres of hope, is that He's coming for you. And He loves you and He cares about you. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what came in the past. He wants you to take, take you back to the very first place with a bouquet of roses, roses like the, the message translation says. It says, let's start all over again. Just like it was when I brought you out of Egypt. Just like it was when I delivered you. Just like it was when I stormed those city walls and I went into Jericho and I saved you. Can we go back to that? Here's the truth this morning is, yes, He's coming for the world, but He's coming for me. He's coming for you. He's coming for your heart. He's coming for the very sweetest, most inner part of who you are, the most vulnerable part of who you are, the part that if you expose it to anyone, you would be like, oh, this doesn't feel like it's right for anyone but God because it's just for God. He's coming for you. And that's what the gospel is all about. It's a gospel of grace, but it's a gospel for people. He came for me. He comes for me. And He's always coming for me. That's the gospel. It's not just for a few people. And we read here, it's not just for the Jewish people. It's not just for people that are super religious or have it all together, have done all the right things, didn't cuss when they were young. I don't know. But here's the truth this morning. It's for everyone. The gospel is not an exclusive gospel. It's an inclusive gospel. And it's based on one name, Jesus. And it's through Jesus through the portal of the name of Jesus, anyone and everyone, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you've come from, doesn't matter what language you speak, doesn't matter what you look like, He's coming for you. That's our gospel. That's our Jesus. And that's Isaiah 40. Is that through Jesus, God would make things right with the world. That it wouldn't be based upon performance. It wouldn't be based upon pedigree or what family or tribe you were from. Have you ever heard the saying that God doesn't have grandkids? Have you, has anyone not heard that before? Basically, it means this. It means you can't live off your parents' faith. It doesn't mean, it means that if you try to live your faith via someone else, that you'll always be disappointed. But He's coming for you because this is, what, this is what's important to understand is He loves you. Yeah. yeah, He loves your parents. Don't get me wrong. He loves the world, but He loves you. He loves your heart. He loves your personality. He loves the intricacies that make up your life, the things that make you a little bit different. Can I just encourage you? You have a heavenly Father who sits there. He's marveled. He loves it. He thinks it's incredible because He's the one who created you to be like that. He's coming for you. He's coming for me. That's why it says in John 3, 16, a scripture we all know. What does it say? For God so loved the world. But let me say it a different way. For God so loved you that He gave His only Son. There was no plan B. There was no, oh, this is a backup option. 
Oh, if it doesn't work, if he doesn't respond well, then this is something else we'll do. No, 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 no. There's no plan B. After Jesus, there's nothing else. You only need Jesus and you will forever only need Jesus. For eternity, what will we only need? Jesus. In eternity, what will we do? Just sing to Jesus. For the rest of our lives, if all we did was come into church and worship Jesus for all of our days, that's all we'll ever need. Because He came for me. He came for you. So church this morning is coming for your valleys. Church this morning is coming for the mountains that are in front of you that seem they're impossible to traverse. He's coming for the, for the uneven ground that He wants to make level. He wants to level it out and smooth it out for you and to take you through things, understanding, man, my God is on my side. He's going to help me through. I'm going to make it. And then He's coming to make the path straight in your world. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for people this morning that are maybe going through some tough times, some struggles. Maybe you're in here today and this message has just been resonating because you're like, man, i got some mountains in my life. I've got some valleys that I'm dealing with. I feel like I'm down in a pit right now. Maybe you're in here today and it's like mental health is sort of struggling, a struggle for you right now. You feel like you're low. It's what I want to do. I want to pray. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come and lift you up. Maybe you're in here today and it's like, man, mountains I need to get over is a breakthrough that I need. And if that breakthrough today is something that you're like, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through that mountain. I don't know how I'm going to get on the other side of this thing. Here's the truth this morning. Is that through Jesus, He has, God has given you the power of an overcomer. Because you have Jesus living on the inside of you. You don't need to live with a negative mindset. You don't need to live with, a, I'm not going to be able to do it right now. Through your life and through your relationship and the fact that Jesus dwells in you, He's going to take you through to the victory. And I just want to encourage you, you come from a place of victory. You don't come from a place of defeat. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm a defeated person because of the life I used to live. No, 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 no. God chooses to remember that no more. The slate is clean. When you have Jesus, you have a brand new start and you have an overcoming nature. You can see great things because you have Jesus in your life. So I want to pray for your breakthrough. I want to believe it. If you're in here today and you're like, man, I'm just struggling financially. I need a break. I need, I need, I need something to come through. I need a contract to come through at work. I need a job opportunity at work. This is, I believe, the reason we do church is to take these moments where we worship, we hear the Word and then we put our faith through our prayers and we ask God, come, come Lord, help me. Come into my world, come into my heart. And the truth is this morning from His Word, we know He's on the way. He's coming to do the miracle. So if you have a need today, if you have a breakthrough you need, if you have a mountain you've got to climb, if you have a valley you're trying to get out of, with every head bowed, I just want to give people some privacy. If that's you today, just lift up your hand. Just shoot it up. Yeah, I guarantee there'll be people, lots of needs. Lots of people going through things. Holy Spirit, you see the hands that are raised. Holy Spirit, you're ministering to hearts right now. Father, I pray right now that through the power of your Holy Spirit, if there's sickness in the room today and there's, a, there's healing that's needed, that, that you would make yourself known to us today as our healer. That healing would break out across this room. That bodies would be healed. For minds to be elevated, Lord. Father, I come against depression in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you do lift us out of the pit. 
Father, I pray right now for financial situations, Lord, where provision is needed. God, I pray right now that you would resource people, that you would bring about a flow of resource, Lord contracts and job opportunities and career moves that clearly come from you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're ministering breakthroughs to people right now, that you're showing people a way out in Jesus' name. Come on, let's lift our hands together. Let's worship God. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.